Hi, and welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray as you listen, God would meet you and speak to you in a personal way. Here's this week's message from Pastor Corey. Well, hello, everyone. Um, I'm Pastor Corey, and uh, it's been a little while since I've had the privilege of uh, being with you for a, a weekend service, a weekend message, and, and I'm really excited to be here and uh, looking forward to, uh, yeah, what God's going to do through, through this message. We uh, just finished up GMDS at the end of April, and uh, even though we had to meet over Zoom, we had an amazing year, and I wanted just to take a moment and say thank you for all of you who are praying for us and encouraging us through our first year of GMDS. We're currently accepting applications, and we have a few students who have already registered, so please continue to pray for that. But uh, yeah, let's take a moment and and pause and uh, pray together before we begin getting into the word this, uh, this day. So Father, we thank you for this morning and this opportunity to be together. And, and God, whether people are going to watch it Sunday morning or an evening sometime or in their car or in their home, I just pray, Father, that you would just meet them there that you would just connect with them as they, uh, as they hear these words, God, we believe your words. And so Holy Spirit, just come and rest on us. We invite you to work in us and lead us as we sit and listen to this message. And Father, just may it bless you and bring glory and honor to your name. In your name we pray, amen. Right on. So uh, I have the privilege today of wrapping up the series that we've been in, Who Do You Think You Are? And uh, over the past number of weeks, Pastor Claude and Pastor Brenton have looked at a number of, I think, biblical metaphors that are used to describe in different ways who we are. And, And those metaphors would speak to, I believe, a couple of things. They would speak to our purpose here on earth that God created you and I for, right? I think the other thing that it speaks to is is our identity. And through these different metaphors, I think through words of Paul and Jesus, done an amazing job of of taking different perspectives of how God sees us in helping to kind of awaken our thoughts to to who we are in in Christ. And, And so I have the privilege of bringing this kind of to a close, and uh, the, the idea that I'm going to rest on today, uh, the metaphor I'm going to rest on is, is when Jesus called us branches, right? And, and I really think, guys, that the conversations that we've been having in regards to our identity, our purpose, are just so important for us, right? Because the reality is, understanding who we are and why we're here is so key to be able to live in the freedom and the joy and the blessings and even the promises that God has for us as his children. And so before I dive into our scripture, I, I wanted to give you maybe just a little bit of a picture of, uh, yeah, how I viewed this scripture or some, some thoughts or ideas that came to me. And, and I, I'm sure most of us can remember the big snowstorm that happened back in uh, October, right? It was this thick, heavy, wet snow, and it just came down for what felt like days, And uh, as the snow was falling and uh, everything was getting covered and it was piling up, uh, I was noticing some things happening around town. And one of them was the effect it was having on on the trees. And we have this huge row of cedars that kind of line the back of our yard. And uh, they're roughly eight to 10 feet tall. And I thought, wow, that's kind of strange. Normally I can see all of those cedars, but I couldn't see some of them over the fence. And so I went out there, got dressed up, 
and one of the things I noticed right away is, is that some of these cedars um, were, were bowing just you know, only a few feet off the ground because they were so full of snow. And so I, I also saw there's a few branches breaking off already. It's like, wow, if, if I don't do something soon, I'm going to lose all of these magnificent trees. And so I recruited my daughter Madison and my wife Corey, and for the next hour and a half, we went out and uh, shook off the snow from over 20 cedars. And, uh, and then we found a few hours later, as the snow kept coming, we had to do that all over again. By the time we were done, we were exhausted, right? But the amazing thing is, as I went out now in spring to look at these cedars, the trees are still standing. But what I also noticed is there is a number of brown spots in these cedars. And as I look closely, what I found is these are the branches that didn't stand up under the weight and that broke. And now they are losing their color and their purpose. And, and so I spent about a half a day cutting the old branches out, making a pile, and we're going to burn them later this year. And I thought that was kind of a fitting image as we look into the scripture uh, this, uh, uh, this morning, and it's found in John 15, verse 5. And it says, I am the vine and you are the branches. This is Jesus speaking. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. And if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and it begins to wither. And such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. And as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. And if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. And so Jesus creates this picture for us, kind of as I did with my story. In this case, he uses the analogy of a vine and then the branches that are connected to it, right? And it's this idea that, that we who are our branches connected to the vine, connected to the Father in this case, it's so vital for us to understand that the life that God is speaking of, that he offers us, only will become possible with our intentional connection to the life-giving vine, Right? And so I want to look at a couple of perspectives why I, I think this is important and how being connected to the vine is so necessary for us, right? And then I think the first thing that I want to recognize, and, and we've talked a lot about this, and, and especially during this, this time of COVID, but, but as I was thinking about this, it's even beyond COVID because I, I think we want to recognize that many people are living in a season of struggle. And that could even be you today, that you, your family, um, someone that you know are, are living in a season of struggle. And for many of us, this is far beyond COVID, right? This could be a personal struggle that you've been battling with for a while. It could be a family struggle. It could be a financial struggle. So many different areas of life, we know we have stuff that's hard for us. And I, I would like to even believe that, that for some of you who are watching this right now, you almost feel like the walls are closing in on some of these struggles to the point where your life is almost feeling somewhat suffocated by some of these things that are going on that are difficult for you, right? And yet, guys, what I've come to understand and, and hopefully to reveal to you in the rest of our our time together, is that when we learn to be connected more intimately to the vine, you will begin to actually steer your life in a way that you can experience joy again, that you can experience freedom again, and that you can actually overcome these things that you feel are holding you back from experiencing life, or like I said, even feel like you're being suffocated in right now. So that's the first perspective. The second perspective is this. 
Over the years in ministry, I see so many people who are living lives in isolation. Now, we think about isolation as, oh, um, I want to be careful. I don't want to get too close to someone, right? I don't want to uh, catch um, this virus. But, but honestly, there's another type of isolation that people have been living in long before COVID came along, right? And it's this idea that I don't need other people in my life. And for some of you, that's been a choice that you've made to live out in your life because you're convinced that this is going to be a place of strength, right? Where, where others, you know, will, will hold you back or, or, or maybe the, the way that you've been raised is that independence is a sign of strength, right? And in fact, we, we've learned otherwise. But maybe for others of you, it was a way that you learned actually to survive, Right? Maybe you grew up experiencing abandonment by the people who should have cared for you. And in order for you to survive, you recognize, well, if I don't take care of myself, who will? And so you've learned to live in isolation from people, but not because of, 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 of this desire of strength, but more for the reality that this is how I survive. Right? But, but either way, you're fighting feelings of loneliness today. You're fighting feelings of despair. You're fighting feelings of dis, um, bitterness. Because as hard as you're trying right now, you're not able to create or sustain the life that you're desiring by doing life alone. And if I was honest with you, it's this second point that, that I've connected with probably you know, most closely in my journey of life. And as I look back over some of the pain that I experienced through betrayal of relationships, um, quite often through some friendships and, and people that I thought I could trust. There's a lot of pain and a lot of hurt, right? And for me, that was my reason to say, you know what, I, I, you can't trust people. People will hurt you. People will let you down, right? And, and I spent a lot of my life trying to learn to do life on my own. And as I came to the the, the, the difficult realization that it just didn't work and, and like so many of you began to experience so much loneliness. And, and, and praise God that, that he made me aware of this struggle and made me aware that the path of, of isolation and saying that I don't need people was going to end poorly, that he brought an awareness to me that helped me see, God, I can't do it like this. And, and first of all, I need you, but secondly, I need other people in my life. And for me, it was learning, first of all, to be connected intimately to my father, that I began to understand that, God, you are trustworthy and you have given people as a blessing in, into my life, right? And so now I look back many years later and how going it alone, doing life alone was actually hurting me and what I perceived as a strength actually became my greatest weakness, Right? And so guys, no matter what path you're on that, that brought you here today, whether it's a struggle or whether it's doing life on your own, I really believe, guys, that the words that Jesus spoke in John 15 have brought us all or will bring us all to what I call a fork in the road of our lives, right? Because the, the truth is it will be the consequences or the blessings that you will have to live in that will make up your life. But, 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 but Jesus is saying that we have a choice in what we will live in consequences or we will live in blessing. He has given us a choice according to John 15, right? And according to this passage, one choice leads to death, but the other choice, he says, actually leads to life and even purpose, right? 
And that life is found when we choose to remain as branches connected to the vine. And it's here that we are told we will not only find life, but also purpose. And so what I want to do in the time that we have left is I want to look at four different points of, of what does it mean to, to, to actually remain, right? Because guys, God did not create us just to say, hey, here's life, good luck, I hope it turns out well for you. That was never God's purpose, just to set us out on this little boat of life and, and push us out to sea and say, hope you make it, right? Maybe see you on the other side, right? He never meant for us to figure life out or do life on our own. In fact, in John 14, 18, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you, right? What an amazing promise. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And in fact, he did, right? Through sending Jesus Christ and then later leaving the Holy Spirit to daily walk with us. But what we see, guys, early on, in the gospel story that God had an invitation to remain in him. And this invitation is to be in fellowship with the creator of the universe, right? In a daily relationship where he calls us to have daily fellowship with him. And then he goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 1.9, he says, God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, right? He is, he is making that plea. Even today, as you're sitting in your homes or you're driving your car, if you're listening to this, God is calling you through his Holy Spirit into fellowship. He says, come, I want to be with you today, right? And so what does that fellowship look like? Well, first of all, it's going to begin with our decision to spend time each day with God. And guys, I'll be honest with you. The things I'm going to call you to that's going to reveal the pathway to find life will be nothing new. If you grew up in the church, you're going to say, I've heard this before, right? But I'm saying there's maybe something more to, to what we've come to know and understand as fellowship and daily communion with God, a deeper level that God is calling us into to experience life. So what does fellowship look like? Well, it begins with our decision to spend time with God each day. It's just as simple as that. But we also know there's a number of different pieces to that as well. And so that means worship. And guys, worship can look like a lot of different things, right? It can mean praising him through your prayer life, right? And just speaking out words of love towards our heavenly father. And I think that's an important thing to do. But I think music has a, a powerful influence on our lives for good or for bad, right? And when we choose to, I believe, engage daily in worship and sing praises to God, there's something that begins uh, a transformation in a deeper connection with our father, Obviously, reading and meditating on God's word and his promises. And again, not just reading, but meditating, believing that God has personal revelation for us, right? Collectively as a church, right? For his collective body around the world, but also personal revelations for specific seasons and struggles of your life. And I believe he intended the word to connect with you personally as well. It also means prayer and listening prayer as we invite the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us every single day, right? And what are the consequences of, of not fellowshipping daily? Well, again, Jesus used the metaphor of a vine and a branch. He says, cut a branch off from a tree and even after one day, you're gonna begin to see signs of withering in those leaves, right? And the same way we need daily fellowship with God if we are to remain full of life, amen. So I wanna look at just for a second, guys, what this word remain in the Greek means. And, and what it's actually defined of in the purpose as we're looking at, at the passage of John is this, it's something that lasts. 
Or another way that it says to look at it is it's something that's not used up. And I really kind of gravitated towards that idea of something being not used up, right? And, and, and the reality, I think that, that the point and the purpose is the moment, guys, that we are, are separating ourselves from daily fellowship of God through the Holy Spirit is the moment we begin to be used up, right? And I was thinking about things that get used up when they're disconnected from a power source. And I, we live in a, a, a day and an age of, of devices, right? Whether it's a personal laptop or a computer or especially our phones. And we know that they have a battery life, right? Even my laptop right now, it's a few years old and, and, it, and it's plugged into a power source right now in my office. If I'd go upstairs and have a look, the battery power would read 100%. And the reason it reads 100% is because it's plugged into a continual power source, right? But only, only minutes after starting to unplug it, I can start to see the battery life go down 99, 98. As I open up some more programs, as I begin to use it in different ways. It starts to go down and down and down, right? And if I would leave it, right, unplugged from its power source, I would come back and I would find that computer completely dead. And I just feel like that's kind of a fitting analogy, even what Jesus is calling us to, right? When we are disconnected from the power source of daily fellowship with him, we too slowly begin to wither and become used up. We begin to become depleted. And, and, and as I'm thinking about what does it even look like to be used up, right? And, and, and I kind of came on this statement here. It says, when we become used up, we begin to lose the ability to live and function as our true selves, right? We begin to lose the ability to live and function as our true selves. You ever had someone say to you, wow, you're, you've changed so much, or even if you're married, you're not the person that I married, right? Or I don't even recognize who you are and it has nothing to do with our physical appearance. And, and sometimes, those can be really great encouraging words, right? Because of great things that have happened. But in most settings, when those words are spoken, it's because something is different in a negative way, right? Where maybe we're not as loving or as kind or as generous as we used to be, right? Where there's, there's a, a change in our character in the person you know, that we once were is not the same anymore, right? And guys, what I find is as we become disconnected from our power source, we become less like our true selves that God intended us for, 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 to be, right? And, and for many people, that means we become more susceptible to giving into sin, right? It means that the pressures of life will cause us to feel more anxious and easily overwhelmed. It begins to cloud our joy and our purpose, and we begin to function on our own wisdom. And what happens is when we begin to function on our own wisdom, our relationships and our decisions begin to suffer, right? And, and so remaining in Christ is to understand how badly we need him every day, and I would say every hour, every minute of our lives, right? And, and, I, and I believe, guys, that when we stay connected to the vine, it opens the door for us to experience blessings of God, but even victory in different areas of our life. And I want to share you a, a few points um, today. And so the first one is this, to be connected as living branches 
to the vine means, first of all, this, that we can have victory over negative feelings and emotions. And guys, this is so key because we live in a time, in a generation where people are living with paralyzing fear, life-robbing anxiety, and just even overwhelming amounts of stress, right? And we, and we look for ways out, right? If I can maybe, you know, run from certain situations or, or not deal with that kind of conflict, or if I can just get a holiday or get away, you know, or disconnect myself from people, then somehow I'm, I'm going to deal with this. But in reality, if we're honest with ourselves, we're going, that's actually not really helpful, right? And I think a lot of you could give testimony to that. But guys, I truly believe, as I've experienced in my own life, when we daily read and meditate on the promises of God, his instructions, when we start to feel fearful, the Holy Spirit can actually come and bring peace in that moment, right? Because his work, the Holy Spirit's work, is to transform how we think and how we act and actually remind us that the process to see those things transform comes when we are daily communing with the Holy Spirit, right? Because Jesus said, his work is to remind us of everything that Jesus said. And so what happens is as we engage our minds and our hearts into the, the promises of God, we're going to find there's going to be a transformation that's going to begin on the inside. And it says this in Psalm 19.7. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect. And listen what it does. It refreshes the soul. And then in Psalm 1, verse 2, it says, But whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night? This person is like a tree planted by streams of water. Right? Do you see the picture here? A beautiful stream. You see a healthy, strong tree growing beside it. And it goes on to say, It will yield its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. Whatever they do will prosper, right? So Jesus said, you need to be connected to me, right? In, in John 15, like we talked about, and then you're not gonna wither. And then David already is saying early, much many years before that when you delight in the law, and this is the connection of meditating and being in the word of God, is delighting on the word of God. And as we meditate, as we think about it, what happens is it brings life to our souls, right? And guys, we have to know that when David wrote these words, he didn't mean that he never struggled in his life because David, as we know, had many struggles, right, in, in his life, in his journey towards becoming who God called him to be. But I think, in fact, what David found is that no matter how big the struggle, he was able to overcome them as he focused those struggles and he began to compare them against the promises and the provision of God. And what he found is he began to bring those two things together, his fear, his anxiety, his worries, and the promises and provision of God. He began to see that, that God and who he is is actually bigger than those things. And so God's word planted in our minds and our hearts daily begins to have a positive effect on how we think and deal with stress, right? Because guys, I promise you, as, as you read the word, not just to you know, get through a chapter or a few verses, but as you read it and meditate and say, Holy Spirit, what is in there for my struggle of life? The word is gonna slowly take root and it will help you deal with fear and doubt and worry. And it will allow you to even move forward to forgive yourself from your past, from your past mistakes. It's gonna help you overcome shame, regret, and it's gonna allow you to, to take control over those negative emotions and feelings right? Because guys, some of my biggest battles have been in my heart and especially in my mind. 
And I think a lot of you can relate to this, right? The constant struggle between truth of what God says and his promises and the lies that the enemy throws about who we are, who we're not, you know, this is not going to have a good outcome, right? These things are in constant battle, and I've had so many battles. And I tried so many things because, like you, I grew so tired of those voices in my head. And so I began to make a commitment. And for me, and it's going to be different for everyone, but, but I began to say, God, I, I need to change. And I'm going to grow my self-discipline. And, and so for me, that meant getting up earlier every morning consistently and making a new commitment to God's word, to read it, to journal, to meditate on it, to look for, 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 for these, these truths that related to the struggles that were going on in my life. And I can't tell you that everything is gone and everything is perfect, but what I am finding as I'm consistently living uh, this self-discipline and committed to the word and meditating on the word, what I'm finding is that the, the, the truth of God, his promises, his provision is actually growing in my own life just like it did in David. And now with those truths growing in my mind and my heart, I am able to quiet those voices and slowly finding victory. And I believe that God wants that for you guys too. All right. The second thing, living branches connected to the vine means that we can have victory over sin and temptation. Guys, anytime, and you know this, that you allow sin, even the smallest amount of room in your life, it will cause our souls to begin to wither, right? There becomes conflict inside of us. And that conflict makes its way outside of us, and soon we have conflict with others, and even in our relationship with God. I don't know about you, but one of the most difficult places I have ever lived as a Christian is with a divided life. You know, where, where one side of you desires to follow Christ and the other side of you knowingly are giving into choices that lead to brokenness, disconnecting us from God and his life-giving power. It says this in James 1:14. but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and then enticed. Then after desire has been conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin when it is grown, full grown, gives birth to death. And as we read James, this reality sets in that as long as we have sin in our lives, it will feed our sinful nature. And as we, any, anything that we feed, guys, you know that it grows, right? And in this case, our sinful nature grows as we feed it and begins to grow in power. And, and in another metaphor, it's almost like weeds spreading unhindered in a garden. And you know, you know, you plant those plants, you're expecting this, this harvest, this growth, maybe this great garden, right? But you, you don't deal with the weeds. And soon all the plants, all the things that you desire to be there become choked and slowly die. And, and it's just like our lives, right? It's just like our lives, right? So this isn't about condemning anyone. This is just the reality that if we have sin in our lives, it will cause us to wither, Right? But again, guys, when we daily choose to remain in God, giving the Holy Spirit power and room, he will help us overcome. He will even convict us in a loving and gentle way and say, this is not good for you. This is going to steal your life, right? It's going to steal the joy that I have for you. Because his goal to free us and help us overcome sin is to free us to become who we were meant to be. And that's to actually enjoy life with others, with ourselves, and even with God. And I tell you guys, I tell you guys, and you know this, if you have overcome a sin in your life, if you have tasted victory in your life, you know what that freedom tastes like. And it feels so, so good. 
As I was putting this message together, I was just reflecting on some things actually that God had helped me overcome that were sins in my life. And man, I, I, actually, I actually started crying because it's like in that moment, God reminded me what it felt like to be so trapped and captured in sin. And in, in the same moment, he reminded me how good it felt to be free. And it says in Romans 8, 11, it says, and the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, right? The Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is inside of you and me. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the spirit who lives in you, right? So there's so much language about life and life given by the spirit inside of us. And it says in verse 13, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the spirit, you will put to death the misdeeds of the body and you will live. And so Galatians 5 continues this and he says, so I say, walk by the spirit. Do not, do not gratify the desires of the flesh for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are now in conflict with each other. Right? And so again, guys, it's that daily communion with the God that opens up the Holy Spirit to move and live inside of us. And as the Holy Spirit is given room to move inside of us, and as we walk and, and live by the Spirit, we are now empowered to overcome sin in our life, to live victoriously, right? And so how do we live and walk by the Spirit so we can experience victory? Well, it's a daily choice that you have to make every day. And here's a few things. When we intentionally invite the Holy Spirit into our lives every morning, and we say, Holy Spirit, I give you control over my thoughts, over my actions, but especially I'm inviting you to work in those places that I struggle and maybe I'm in bondage in. When we daily worship God, guys, we talked about this. Worship is so key. When we activate the, the, the Holy Spirit through worship, he begins to move and flood us and actually empower us to live and think differently. And finally, and I'm going to say this a few more times, when we read and meditate on God's word. But guys, in the case of overcoming sin, especially in the areas that speak about the sin we're struggling with, we were talking about overcoming sin and growing in godly character in GMDS. And so we had students just privately in their journals write down some areas of struggle. And then we spent some time looking at pieces of scripture that, that talk about those specific struggles. And then we began to meditate for days and actually weeks on those things. And it was so amazing, guys. We began to see and saw transformation in those areas of our lives because we were actually meditating on specific scriptures that encouraged us in those areas of sin and brokenness, right? And, and that's for you. The Holy Spirit desires to strengthen you. And, and there's this beautiful thing that begins to happen, guys, as we are strengthened, as we overcome sin. There, there's, there's gonna be a change in our lives and we're gonna begin to bear fruit. And it says in Galatians 5.22, right? But the fruit of the Spirit, right? So when we walk in the Spirit, we say no to the flesh. It says the fruit of the Spirit is this. It's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, it's goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And guys, we need self-control if we're going to overcome sin in our lives, right? We need gentleness. We need patience, right? We need strength, it says, against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Jesus Christ, who have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. And so then since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit, right? So how do we keep in step with the Spirit? It's daily communion. It's inviting Him in. It's all of those things that we've already spoken about.
And that will be a part of leading us to victory and freedom. Awesome. And so my third point today is living branches connected to the vine means we can begin to live transformed lives. And this is now we're getting to some really good stuff here. It says in Romans 12 too, do not conform to the patterns of this world. Do not, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So what does that mean? Well, if we think a little bit, it doesn't take very long for us to come to a place of, man, there's some things in my life I really like to change right? And maybe their actions, maybe their attitudes, maybe like we talked about, there's some sin that you want to change, right? These are destructive patterns that you see not only living in you, but, but things that maybe we've picked up just from things that are actually going on around us in life every day, or as Paul says, in the world, right? And if we're honest with ourselves, so many of these things are stealing life. And if you're like me, there's certain things I just got really tired of having them in my life and say, God, I don't want this anymore, and maybe, like me, you figured out the best way to get rid of these things is just to focus all your thoughts and all of your energy and just to begin to fight against these negative things in our life, right? But what I found, guys, is, is as I focused on those things, as we fought on those things, I began to realize that, that we are not going to overcome them by changing the external. Because the reality is that if we are needing and wanting a change in our life, we are going to have to submit ourselves to an internal change, right? So it says, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self and its practices. Put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. Guys, the reality is if we focus on negative thoughts, negative things in our life, our past mistakes, ways that, that, that we've hurt others or hurt, others have hurt us, as long as you focus on negative things, you will be defeated by those things. Well, Paul is telling us if we're going to put on our new self, we are going to have to focus on positive things, the things of God. So when we think about being transformed in our lives and our actions, we're talking about being transformed by the inside first. And as we focus ourselves on the things of God, the things that God is calling us to, it actually helps us overcome the things that we don't want in our lives, right? And as we do that, we begin to grow in our godly character. And, and suddenly an inner transformation begins to produce an outward fruit of, of integrity and honesty and self-control and trustworthiness and humility. And these are the things that God calls us to. Guys, some of the best compliments I've ever been given in my life are not about how I look or anything like that or something I've owned. Some of the best compliments from people have been things in regards to transformed character traits in my life right? Well, Corey, you really handled that situation well. Corey, you're a person of integrity or, or honesty or in all of these things. And, and guys, I believe the best thing that's going to happen in your life when our character is transformed from the inside out. And so find number four, the last one, and we've been talking about this, is, is, is the last thing is that we can experience a victorious Christian life, Right? I believe we were called to live a victorious Christian life. In Proverbs 2, 3, it says, Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, if you look for it as silver and search for it as hidden treasure, right? It says that you're going to find it. Guys, guys, 
Our call to the victorious Christian life is a call to action. Do you see these words? It says, cry aloud, search, call out. These are all action words. Did God pay for our healing? Did God pay for our freedom? Yes, he did all of those things. He paid for all of those things on the cross. But now he is saying, if you want to experience that hope and freedom, he says it's a call to action. Look at James 1.21. It says, get rid of all filth in your, and evil in your lives. Humbly accept the word of God planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your souls and then it goes on to say in verse 25 but if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free if you do what it says don't forget what you heard then God will bless you then God will bless you right do what it says get rid of evil daily choose to remain in Christ submit yourselves to his word and he says there's going to be a blessing that's going to come right and then the blessing is in Proverbs 2 9 where it says, then you will understand what is right and just and fair. Every good path for wisdom will enter your heart. Knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you. Understanding will guard you. Wisdom will save you. See guys, remaining connected to the vine is about remaining to a life-giving source. And Jesus has done everything he can to make the life promised to us available to us. But it's now our turn to step in by choosing to remain connected to the vine. And see guys, one of the beautiful things about following Jesus is that it's never forced. He will never force you to do anything. We always have a choice to follow him or not. But that choice that we make either leads to death or life. We sometimes think there is an in-between, but there is no in-between in life. Daily, we are making choices that either bring life or death to our souls. And so changing the way we act, the way we think, how we deal with struggles, it's hard. But there's only one way. It's remaining connected to the vine. And guys, do I know that, that prayer and worship and reading and meditating on God's word is hard? Sure it is. Sometimes we fall down, but I'm encouraging you today, guys, get back up if, if, you've, if you've lost sight of those things, if you've given up on those things. I get it. Sometimes the results take longer. Sometimes we don't even see in the battles the value and the worth to it, but I'm promising you, I'm promising you, guys, that if we stay connected to the vine, give ourselves to, to reading and worship and meditating and praise and praying, I believe that there's a transformation, that there's a victory for all of us that God is waiting for us to step into. Amen. Awesome. Well, hey, I just, I just want to pray for you guys real quick before we close this off. So wherever you're sitting, would you just bow with me uh, and let's just close in prayer together. Ah, oh, Father, just thank you for your word that sometimes convicts, but Father, always for the purpose of love. And Father, I know from my own journey in life how hard it is to sometimes stay connected to you, to stay in the word, to sometimes feel like worshiping when, when life is difficult, to pray, to meditate. God, I know it's a battle, and I know part of it is we have an enemy who works against us, who wants to keep us from desiring to be in intimate fellowship with you. And so, Father, I just pray for everyone this, this day who is struggling, who is maybe even struggling to see the value and the worth of, of those spiritual disciplines. I pray, Father, that you would meet them through your Holy Spirit in a fresh new way every time they meet you in prayer, every time they worship, every time they read and meditate on your word. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just come with power and might 
Fill them with joy and revelation as they commit themselves back to you, Father, in these daily disciplines. And out of those disciplines, God, I just pray that they would just bear so much fruit in their relationships, in their thought life, in their family life, in their, in their work life, God, that there'd be so much fruit that would come from it, Lord. And Father, too, I want to just pray for anyone this, this morning, today, who, uh, who maybe is, has never even ever been connected to the vine. And, and if you're at home, if you're listening to this and you've never made a commitment to Christ, I want you to know that you have a heavenly father who loves you and wants to be connected to you. He wants to help deal with the difficult life situations you're facing, your brokenness, your feeling of not being loved. And, and it's just a simple prayer. And if that's you and you're listening to this, it just is this simple. It's like, Father, I give my life to you. I give my life to you. Please come and fill me. I give you permission to begin working in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Well, guys, I hope this word has encouraged you. And uh, I encourage you to pick up your Bibles Start to pray again. Start to worship again if you've given on up. God has a blessing for you. And maybe if you're listening and you just gave your life to Christ today, please go and, and tell a parent, tell a friend, phone someone, let them know because this is something that you need to celebrate together. So great to be with you today, guys. Blessings as you go in your week. Blessings as, as you work through stuff and struggles and family stuff. I just want you to know as a church family, we are continuing to pray for you and love on you in any way that we can. Amen. Thanks for joining us on the GMC podcast. For more information about what's going on this week, check out gmchurch.ca. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful week.